Welcome to Passion Life Church. So today we are continuing our series on I Am, and we're learning the names of God. Why is that important? In ancient times, what would happen is a name was expected to reveal some important information and insight into a person's character, into their nature and their future. But it also revealed your future with them. That's important. And so what happens is God wants you and I to know him intimately. Everybody say that. Say intimately. And so it's always been his desires. And so what he does is God reveals his many names so we can gain different perspectives into his many ways that he has for us. So what happens was, was God showed up to Moses in the backside of a desert through a burning bush because God wanted Moses to be a deliverer. And Moses had it in his heart. He wanted to see his people free. How many of you today would love to see more people in Marietta free? from sin and healed from sickness. How many of you would like to see? Yes, I want to see it. That's why we do what we do. And so God shows up in a burning bush and he says, I need you to go back there to Egypt. And I love what Moses asks God. He says, well, who do I say sent me? In other words, what is your name? It's a good question because Moses, (laughs) his name and his reputation in Egypt was not good because he had killed a Hebrew. But here's what he said. God said in Exodus chapter three, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So in all of God's names that we're going to go through, it can be summed up in I am. And in the new Testament, that name is the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I hear a good amen today? So I want to just remind us, because I know we've had the holiday and some things. This is God revealing himself to Moses. This isn't Moses giving God a name. This is how God is choosing to reveal himself to Moses. My church family, we do not serve a force. We serve a God who is personal, who has a name. And he said this, he said, my name is I am that I am. A couple of translations, I will be what I will be. And another translation in the Hebrew means the existing one. But what we found, we looked into the New Testament because some of the Pharisees were trying to find out who Jesus was. And so what did Jesus do in John chapter 8 verse 58 Jesus said unto them verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am watch this when they were trying to understand who Jesus was guess what he did he revealed a name he revealed a name and what we found in this word Yahweh which means existing one in the Hebrew right we understand that Jesus is our Yahweh it also means redeemer deliverer savior And it's important that you understand that because every name flows out of Yahweh. Would you say that with me? Say Yahweh. Yahweh. So if a name reveals our future with someone, that means that not only in your present is he your redeemer, deliver, savior, but our future with God is redemption, deliverance, and salvation. And today what we're going to do is we're going to learn about how God wants you to know him as the healer, Jehovah Rapha. Everybody say that with me. Say Jehovah Rapha. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. And so the story was Moses went 
to Egypt. God had freed his people. They had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and now they were headed towards the promised land, but they could not find water. They were in the wilderness, and so they became thirsty. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, it says this, then Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went Three days, the Amplified Classic says, 33 miles in the wilderness and found no water. Everybody say no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its waters because they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah, which means bitterness. The people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. Somebody say a tree. He showed him a tree which cast into water. Let me say that again. And he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree which he cast into the waters and the waters were made sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and an ordinance and he proved them saying, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what is right in his sight and will listen to and obey his commands and keep all his statues, I will put none of the diseases upon you, which I put upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I'm going to say that again. He said, for I am the Lord that heals you. That word Lord is translated Yahweh. Do you remember that we talked about last week, that this word Yahweh is translated the word Jehovah. Because it was such a holy word and they regarded it as holy, they didn't even feel that they were uh, worthy enough to even write the word Yahweh. So it's translated Lord or Jehovah. And so this word healer in the Hebrew is Rapha. Everybody say Rapha. So he said, I am the Lord your God, Jehovah Rapha. So the children of Israel are walking. It's about three days, and they can't find water. How many of you know that water is a necessity for your life? It's so important that you don't get dehydrated, right? But water is so important that you can't be healthy without water. And so the children of Israel are walking, and they find this place where there is some water. But unfortunately, the water is bitter. It's a place called Mara. Now, the children of Israel didn't do a lot of things right. They complained a lot, and you're going to see that. But one thing that they did do right is they didn't drink the bitter water. I personally think they were already bitter because they were complaining against God. But one of the things that they didn't do was drink the bitter water. And I started to think about today in our society, how easy is it to drink bitter water when you're really thirsty? I think it's easy because if bitter water is convenient, oftentimes we go to what is convenient. But let me put it in today's world to make this relevant. How easy is it is in today's world to feed on negativity, anger, worry, and depression? That's all bitter things. That's all bitter water for your heart. It's easy today to get bitter especially when you're dehydrated, especially when you're feeling the effects of thirst. Now, drinking bitter water can make you really sick. It can weaken your flesh, and it can even kill you. The Bible talks a lot about bitterness. You know, all of us at some point in our life have been hurt. How many of you see, let me, let me see a show. How many of you have been hurt? 
by somebody. All right. How many of you have been hurt by somebody you know and was close to you? Let me see your hand. That usually hurts, hurts the worst. But the Bible talks about that bitterness is the effects of unforgiveness. And so when you don't forgive, it leads to bitterness. I thought this was so interesting, and this is all going to come together. And I really prayed today that the Holy Spirit would really bring back to my remembrance the things that he was showing me as I was reading this. But you say, Pastor Phil, I thought we're talking about healing. See, oftentimes we just think healing is physical. But you know, they've done studies, like Dr. Pohl says, 80% of chronic pain is emotional. Listen to that for just a moment. So you can have hurt emotionally and not forgive, and it can translate into physical pain. And doctors are saying that 80% of diseases, chronic, or chronic pain, is emotional. And that's where the bitterness can affect you the most. You know, I was talking to a doctor friend one time, and uh, I was writing the book that I written, The Power of Thank You, the key to finding joy again. I was talking to him about, because he asked me what I'm doing in my life. And so I was talking to him. And somehow we got on this subject of forgiveness. My doctor is not a Christian, uh, but we started talking about it. And I just started talking about unforgiveness. Um, and he said, this is from a doctor. He said, this is so interesting that we're talking about this. He said, do you know how I have had patients that have symptoms that I cannot diagnose? We have done the blood work. We've done all of the tests that we need to test, and their symptoms are, are so affecting their life, but we can't diagnose it. diagnose it. And this is what he said. So what I've learned is I've learned to tell my patients to go talk to a therapist. And he says what happens is when they talk to a therapist, the therapist goes through forgiveness. And when a patient, listen to this, this is a doctor who is not a Christian. He says when they go to the therapist and they forgive, he says all of the symptoms leave. All of the symptoms leave. Why? Because forgiveness leads to wholeness, but unforgiveness will lead you to bitterness. See, the effect of bitterness can have, the effect of bitterness that it can have on our lives can not only call emotion, cause emotional pain, but it can cause physical pain. So they see this body of water and it's bitter water. And so the people are complaining. Watch this. The com- people are complaining to Moses, but Moses goes to God. Let me just tell you this. You can complain to people and nothing can happen. Results happen when you go to God. And the people start complaining, and I understand they're dehydrated. I understand they need to drink. But watch what God tells Moses. God tells Moses, you see that tree. He picks out a tree. He says, and some translation says, a stick. You see that tree. Get that tree and throw the tree in the water. What an interesting way to purify water, right? You and I have filters and certain filters. None of us have a tree that is purifying our water. It's very interesting. But I want to tell you today, there's nothing insignificant in the Bible. Nothing insignificant in the Bible because there's a lot about trees in the Bible, right? Because the cross was a tree. Oh, let's go back. Let's go back just a little bit because Adam and Eve messed up on a 
tree, right? They went back. They were looking. And watch this. Because the Bible says to Eve that the tree was appealing. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And every time I say that tree, I always say this. It was never God's intention for mankind to know sin, sickness, and evil. I want to say it again. It was never God's intention or his will to, for you to know sin, sickness, or evil. But man chose it. But watch. Why? Because the Bible says that it looked appealing to the eye. So she's looking at a tree and it looks appealing to the eye. And I started to think about how whenever you get angry, I don't know about you if you ever get angry. Do you ever get angry? Right? Now the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that anger is not a sin. Bible says be angry, but sin not. I'm angry that people are dying and going to hell and not being able to know about this incredible gospel, right? I want people to know. I want people to know about this gospel. That makes me angry. I get angry that babies are dying through abortion. Come on, somebody. That, that, that just, in, but I don't go blow up buildings. I pray. I love people, right? So anger in itself is not a sin, but anger can cause you to sin. And here's what I was praying about when I was thinking about how she was looking at this tree and it was appealing. And I thought, how easy and how appealing is bitterness sometimes? Because we think that bitterness actually helps our life. We think that bitterness actually can change that person that hurts you when in actuality it's changing you. And so it looked appealing. So she ate of the fruit, which we would say, right, was the uh, forbidden fruit. But the fruit of that tree had poison in it called sin. And sickness entered the world through the curse. It came through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But thank God he didn't leave us with that tree. He gave us another tree called the cross, which Jesus, your Yahweh, your Redeemer, your Deliverer, and your Savior, which the Bible calls him the second Adam, he actually went to a tree on Golgotha, and he died, and he saved you, and he redeemed you. I want you to turn to your neighbor just for a minute, and I want you to say, buckle your seatbelt. Come on, just say, buckle your seatbelt. Jesus is on the tree. He's on the cross. People were spitting at him. Everything that he went through, he was on the cross. And it's interesting, as I begin to study this, I really felt the Holy Spirit on this. Because you need to understand something that was happening. Jesus was not, and he did not just take on the sin of the world. He became the sin of the world. Became sin. Listen, for all of past generations, to this generation, to future generations, were coming upon him for him to become bitter. All of your hurt, all of your shame, all of your guilt was coming upon him. Thank you, Jesus, for that tree. But here's what got me. We can 
so easily get into unforgiveness because of what happened in our life, because somebody hurt us. But when I was thinking about this moment for Jesus, when he was becoming sin, I asked myself this question. That's a pretty good reason to get bitter. When you're dying for somebody else's sin that you never committed, The Bible says he that knew no sin became sin so you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So this is interesting to me because he's on the cross and he is receiving. See, some people said, and it's true, Jesus never sinned. So how did he become sin? Did he do sin? No. He received sin on the cross. How do you become righteous? By doing righteous? No. You become righteous by receiving righteousness. Jesus received, he received our sin so you could receive his righteousness. I thought about all the sin of all the generations coming upon him. And just for a moment, listen. I think in these moments, we forget that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He was human. Now think about what he said on the cross for just a moment. He said, I thirst. So when people say, ah, he he wasn't human. No, he was. And he did that so we could identify with his humanness. But I want you to think for just a moment, he's thirsty because all of his body is draining fluid, blood, sweat, water. And he says this, he says, I thirst. And then what do the Roman soldiers do? They grab a stick Follow me. They grab a stick. Listen, they grab, the Bible calls it a hossip. That is a stick. And they put this material on it. Watch this. And they they dip that into a thing that is little uh, fluid that is vinegar and gall. Everybody say gall. They dip that in there and they bring it to his lips. Now I'm going to tell you what gall is. Gall comes from a plant it can actually poison you. Gall in the Bible always is referred to a poisonous root. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 18, it says, beware lest any of there be among you, a man or woman, a family, a tribe, whose mind and heart turns away this day from the Lord, our God, to go and serve the gods of these nations. Listen, lest there should be among you, the Amplified Classic says, a poisonous root that bears gall and wormwood. Wormwood is also a plant that they say when you taste it, you have a bitter experience. So they dip this stick into gall and vinegar and they put it on Jesus's lips. My church family, gall represents bitterness. Jesus was thirsty for water. He could have, in his moment of vulnerability, he could have drank from the cup of bitterness. I'm going to tell you why this is so important. Because he did not drink 
the cup of bitterness. Actually, what did he say on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Do you know another reason why he didn't take the gall and the vinegar? History tells us that that mixture they would offer to people to numb their senses, to make sure that you didn't feel, kind of like, like morphine that they would, might use so you don't feel the pain. But Jesus said no to bitterness, but he also said no to any type of, of um, anesthesia, anything that would numb his senses. Everybody look at me today because it was important for Jesus to feel every ounce of pain, sickness. Listen, he, it was important for him to feel all of God's judgment on his body for you and for me. And they took the stick and they offered it to him. He could have drank the cup of bitterness. I don't know if we could fully understand what would happen if Jesus in his humanness on the cross would have gotten bitter. The Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels. When you get bitter, you may kick the dog. When Jesus gets bitter, he could call 10,000 angels. And guess what? Humanity would have been lost forever. Why do I say that to you? It was so important that Jesus be tempted in every area that you and I would. And when Jesus taking on the full capacity and the weight of generations of sin refused the cup, of bitterness and chose forgiveness. That is our Yahweh. That is our Redeemer. That's our Savior. That's our Savior. In my church family, I think sometimes when we talk about the cross, we just talk about sin. But you know what? It was sickness as well. How do you know? Because Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3 says, Blessed be the Lord our, our God, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who pardons, who forgives all of your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. He forgives all of your sins, and at the same time on the cross, he forgives all of your diseases. It's pretty amazing. Jesus rejected bitterness. Now, you and I have a choice in our hurt and our pain. We can drink of the cup of bitterness, or we can forgive, and we can drink fresh living water. You know what's so interesting to me about all of this is that Jesus on the cross, they take a a, um, a sword or a, um, a spear, thank you. They take a spear and they jab it into his side. And guess what flows out of his side? Blood and water. See, you can drink of bitterness or you can drink of the fresh living water that comes from Yahweh. And guess what, my church family? Here is the reality. Because drinking bitter water will never, ever make you well. 
it'll never satisfy your thirst. As a matter of fact, bitterness will only make you worse. And I thought about all of this symbolism about throwing a tree into polluted water. Jesus says, if you'll go to the cross, I can take whatever is polluted and I can make it pure. Moses threw a tree into bitter water. But when we go through the cross, God can take our bitterness and make our hearts sweet. When Moses threw the tree into the water, everything that was polluted with bitterness became pure for them to drink. My church family, that is our Yahweh. That is, are you getting something this morning? Proverbs 17, says, a joyful, cheerful heart in the Passion Translation brings healing to both body and soul. But those who heart, whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Ephesians 4, 32, instead be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Jesus has forgiven you. So what is my standard? What is my capacity to forgive? My capacity to forgive is as much as he's forgiven you. How much has he forgiven you? Then you need to forgive others. We need to forgive others. Now this is how you know that the children of Israel forgot what God had done, they start complaining, right? My church family, they had a water problem before. It was called the Red Sea. And God parted the Red Sea, and now they find themselves running out of water. But listen to this. The same God that parted the Red Sea is the same God that purified polluted water and quenched their thirst. So no matter how polluted the water was, the cross can purify it. So here's what I'm, I'm showing you today. Every time the children of Israel were in need, God revealed himself in a fresh way. God said to them right then, I am Jehovah Rapha who heals you. This is what he was saying. This is what we learned. For every need they had, God would give them another revelation of himself through his name. Through his name. Phil. You don't understand. I need water. No, you need Jesus. You need Jesus because Jesus can not only give you physical water, but he can also give you living water that actually does satisfy your soul. And instead of feeding on hurt and instead of feeding on unforgiveness and bitterness, you can feed on a living water that will satisfy who you are. You know, the Bible says that once they got past Mara, that God took them to Elam. And I just love this because God always gives you more than enough. What's Elam, Pastor Phil? It was a place where there was springs of physical water. Exodus chapter 15, verse 27, it says, They came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. So they actually did. Jesus gave them physical physical water. My church family, God can not only heal your body, but he can heal your heart, your mind, and he can give you physical water. It's all in him. And he always gives you more than what you ask for. 
You know, it's interesting. In the New Testament, John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, if any man thirsts, this is what Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So God can not only take bitter water from you and make your life sweet. Let me just tell you this. He actually now wants you to become a spring of living water that out of your belly will flow living water, not bitterness, right? Because hurt people hurt people, but you can actually become now a carrier of living water that touches people and it causes dead things to come alive. Living water will cause dead things to come alive in your life and it will flow out of you because this is Jehovah Rapha. I want my life to be a spring of water. I don't want to be a drain on people, draining them. I want people to come around me and they experience life, not complaining, not, you know, life. Oh my gosh. Did you see the president fell again? Come on, somebody. I want to be a spring of living water that flows in me and through me. And that's the, the, the greatness about living in the New Testament because they were drinking physical water, but you and I can actually have living water that flows through us. Oh, come on, give the Lord a good round of applause. God wants you to be such a spring. Jesus said, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So what is that? That's you being the spring of living water. That is Jehovah Rapha flowing through you and in you to other people. Listen, I want to tell you something. Don't be worried with people's lifestyles. What do I mean? I used to always be real concerned if I knew somebody was struggling at work or maybe they needed healing. I always thought to myself, well, you know, are they right with God? Are they this? Are they that? Do you know that every single person that came to Jesus was not saved? They were all sinners. Here's what saved them. It was not their works. It was their faith that saved them. So I don't care what you did last night. I don't care who you did it with last night. If today you can have some faith, God can save you. He can heal you because that is what... Jehovah Rapha does by our faith. So we have to have faith in him. And so all of those people who were sinners that God healed, it was their faith. Now, come on, we need to say it because there was a couple times that Jesus told people after they got healed, don't go back to your old life. Come on, say, don't go back. Don't go back. So this tells me, my church family, that you can experience a miracle, but you can lose it by going back to bitterness and drinking from the bitter water. I'm going to tell you a story. I had a great friend. He was an alcoholic. He had cirrhosis of the liver. God, Jehovah Rapha, healed him. Totally healed him. It was, I heard of the miracle. I was so blessed. And so if you're here today, whatever you struggle with, I want to just remind you that tree, that tree, the cross, when Moses put it in the polluted water, it can become pure. When you look at Jesus and you receive what he did on the cross, whatever pollution is in your life, he can make it pure. Totally healed him of cirrhosis of the liver. And then a few years later, I heard that he passed away. I'm going to tell you for just a moment, I was upset at God. It's funny how we get mad at God for what people do. 
Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. And about a year later, I saw, it just so happened to see his wife. And I said, hey, I heard Richard passed away. I heard he had an incredible miracle. She said, yeah, God totally healed him. Healed him for cirrhosis of the liver. But unfortunately, he went back to the bottle and undid everything that God did in his life. And it ended up killing him. My church family, don't go back. He told the man at the pool of Bethesda, he said, don't go back. Don't go doing what you were doing because something worse may come upon you. Jesus said that. So what, while I am preaching that he is our healer, and whatever you have done, God will heal you. But here's the point. He doesn't heal you so you go back. He heals you so you go forward. He heals you so you can be recovered and be whole. Are you glad you came? It's amazing what God did for his people as they complained. And they continue to complain. There's another story as they were going through the desert that they complained to God. Complaining is the language of hell. If speaking faith is the language of heaven, complaining is the language of hell. And I'll tell you why. The children of Israel began to complain and complain. The Bible says that poisonous snakes started to come out and bite them. And they all became, listen to the word that's been used today, poison. Because that's what bitterness is. It's a poison. Poisonous snakes began to bite the children of Israel. Complaining will open up your life to the enemy. If you're going to speak, speak God's word. If you're going to say, say, say something, say something good. Stop yourself and say what God says over your life. You can do it. Come on, say, I can do it. And so the people are getting bit by poisonous snakes. And so, again, Moses cries out to the Lord. And watch what the Lord says, Numbers 21.8. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. Everybody say serpent. And put it on a pole. Put it on a stick. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at that, they shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and he put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Bronze in the Bible represents judgment. My church family, all right, Jesus is going to bring us some revelation about this because Jesus said in John 3, 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so and even must the Son of Man be lifted up. What is he talking about? He's talking about himself being lifted up right on the tree and on the cross as a bronze serpent. Why? Because Jesus would take all of our judgment on him. And what happens is if you, here's what he was telling Moses. He says, Moses, anyone that looks upon that bronze serpent on the stick, and if you look at it, it actually looks like a cross. It's actually the symbol of medicine today. Have you ever seen the, the symbol of medicine today? It's a cross with a serpent on it, right? That comes from this Old Testament. 
Listen, this is so important. All they had to do was to look at the serpent and the cross. All you have to do is look at what Jesus did on the cross. Jehovah Rapha, our Redeemer, Deliverer, and our Savior. Watch, watch what he said. Watch what he said. He said, everyone who looks up lives. He didn't say everyone that looks at diagnoses, everybody looks at symptoms, everybody looks at what the EKG is saying, everybody that looks at what the CAT scan revealed, everybody that looks at what the MRI is saying, everybody that looks up will live. So what are you looking at? What I'm trying to get you to do today is to look at Jesus. Whether you need water, whether you need financial help, whether you need healing, whether you need uh, deliverance today, it is Jesus, your Yahweh, your Redeemer, your Deliverer, and your Savior. And if you look at him, my church family, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament they were being healed. Why? Because they had Jehovah Rapha. I'm telling you, if you'll just start to look to Jesus. I know, Pastor Philbo, my back hurts. Look to Jesus. You don't understand. My left toe on my left foot hurts. Look to Jesus. He is your healer. But we get off a little bit. You know why we get off? Because we start looking for the healing instead of the healer. We start looking at how the deliverance is going to happen instead of looking at the deliverer. We start to look at the provision instead of the provider because all of that is in him if we will just look up. And he is faithful. You know, it's interesting. When you come to church, I want you to see Jesus. When you worship, you should see Jesus. I hope that today when you walk out, I've told so many people, if you walk out today just thinking about yourself, I didn't do a good job. But if you walk out today and you see Jesus in a new revelation today, oh my gosh, then we had church. Come on, somebody, because that's what it's about. It's about him. And today, for some of you that are sick, you need a revelation of Jehovah Rapha. He reveals himself to you with that name. Look to Christ in your crisis. You know, do you ever read in the Gospels where somebody that was healthy came to Jesus? And he's like, bless you. I'm going to bless you with some leprosy. Bless you, my son, my daughter with cancer. As a matter of fact, everyone that had leprosy that came to him left whole. Everyone that came in contact with Jesus that wanted healing was healed. Matthew 15, 30, it says a vast crowd brought to him Jesus, Yahweh, Jehovah Rapha. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others, they laid before Jesus and he healed them all. He healed them all. Now, he didn't heal everybody. 
What do you mean, Pastor Phil? I thought you just said that he healed them all. He healed those that came to him. He came, those that came to him, he healed them all. Now I'm going to tell you as we close today for me, as a pastor, I talked to tons of people. And as soon as you start talking about this, here's what they said. Oh, Pastor Phil, but you don't understand. Aunt Betty died. I'm sorry, Aunt Betty died. But you are not Aunt Betty. And you don't have Aunt Betty's faith. And Jesus never said, be it according to Aunt Betty's faith. He said, be it according to your faith. The Bible says in Psalm 91 that people may die on one side of you, thousands, but it will not come near you. What I'm saying to you is that you have to be responsible for your own faith and say, be it unto me. That's what the amen is, as your word says. And that's why some people, when they start talking about how this person's sick, that person's sick, I just keep my faith and I keep looking up to Jesus because the Bible says Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. It is faith that when you believe in Jehovah Rapha, that faith connects you to his power. It's the connection to his power. And we need faith today. I'm hoping that it stirs up your faith. But even that, my church family, Jesus will give you faith. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of your faith. But what we have to do is we have to look at him. Watch this. The author and finisher. One translation says perfecter of your faith. So when you look at Jesus, he makes your faith perfect. Oh, that was better than, than what you responded. So you don't even have to be, oh, my faith. I don't know. Do I have enough faith? No, stop. Look up. Look to Yahweh. Look to Jehovah Rapha. Because if you will look to him, your faith will grow. Guess what? You will see miracles. Come on. You will see miracles in your life in Jesus' name. Come on. Would you stand with me this morning? Come on. Because I believe that Jehovah Rapha is here in this room today. I believe that healing can be manifested right now in your life. Come on. If you need healing in your life, maybe you need your heart heart heal today. Come on, just lift your hand. Let's look up for just a moment. Let's physically put our head up and let's look to our God. Let's look to our Redeemer. Let's look to Yahweh today, right? Our Redeemer, our Deliverer. So maybe your heart is hurting today. Maybe you are hurt today. You need Jehovah Rapha. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe today it's emotional, but come on, let's look to him for just a moment. Lord, we honor you today. The, uh, you are the author and the finisher of our faith today. I thank you that right now, I thank you for miracles. I thank you, Lord, for miracle power right now in people's lives. I thank you, Lord. I love you, Father God. Lord, you said today that faith works by love, Lord. When we know that we are loved, faith is easy today, Lord. We thank you. We thank you today. We thank you today, Lord. Come on, just take a moment. Look to your Yahweh, your Yahweh, your Jehovah Rapha. Come on, receive the manifestation of your healing today. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.